whatever that extra flavor is there that makes it Earl Grey, the, oh, I can't think of what it is. There's some flavoring with that stuff. I think, just, I think some roast. rich, I think some, somebody just, uh, dips her balls in it a little bit to give it I'm that ball. What, what Mr. The Mr. Bigelow dips his balls in the, in the Earl Grey. Got it. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Here we go. Welcome to episode eight of season four of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guy. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Ahoy. And since this could be the the last podcast of one of us, uh, all of us not being billionaires... Uh, we decided not to have a guest this week, and we're just going to cover what happened over the last week. We've got a couple big uh, hockey news things we can kind of talk about to some level, and then we've got the Tech Series uh, against Bowling Green, and then the upcoming Tech Series, and then we're gonna—I think we're gonna kind of talk about recruits today, since we got a new one, and we've gotten a couple new ones recently, and we've never really dove into the recruits on the podcast we've talked in generalities before about them and it may be a new one every once in a while but i think we'll 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 dive in here a little bit this week about that so anything else you guys want to talk about sounds like enough yeah we should get there all right uh let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors we'll be back to talk about uh last week's game Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. All right, welcome back. Uh, so Michigan Tech took the long road trip down to Bowling Green, Ohio to play uh, the Falcons. Friday night came out victorious in a very, I guess I'd say, contested game. And then Saturday... Um, kind of got the doors blown off in some fashion at least on the scoreboard uh to to get out of bowling green with a split um what were you guys takeaways from the the weekend in bowling green why do we give up so many so many breakaways seemed like that we gave up a ton this weekend didn't we Mm. i thought it it seemed like we did didn't we get a short-handed goal scored on us on uh saturday too Mm-hmm. It was a shorthand breakaway, I thought. Yep. So my impression would be that I was very happy with the way uh, Friday went down. 
Um, I expect Bowling Green, no matter where the two of us end up, I expect that to be a team we see a lot of. I think they play similarly to us. I think they're going to end up with a similar kind of record to where we do. I think at this juncture, they are a better hockey team. I think that they proved that on Saturday, even though we were able to play really tight with them on Friday. But um, Friday, I think, or Saturday, rather, I think a lot of our weaknesses were exposed. Like, I was in the building for that. We were able to get that uh, quick first goal, and then it was just all Bowling Green after that. Um, We just never really looked right. I know that Joe said on the show that he thought it was an overall better team game, and it was just a little bit, the the goaltending wasn't as there, but I don't quite agree with that. I don't think the uh, the team effort was there. We already touched on the shorthanded goal, and we just when we get that many power plays, when we're getting them handed to us like that, when we have that many five minute power plays on the weekend, we've we've got we've got to stomp on their throats on, like, and we we didn't. So yeah, it's 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 interesting to look at kind of the numbers of this one. Augie, maybe we'll have something more fun this week, right? We yeah. gave up a single goal five on five on Saturday. All of the rest of the goals that Bowling Green scored were special teams goals. They had three power play goals, a four on four, and the empty netter shorthanded. So the six to one result looks harsh, but they capitalized on their special teams where we didn't. You know, they, we were 0 for 6 in the power play, including a five-minute major. Just one. Just one on Saturday night, which I think this is the most five-minute majors I've seen in a series. And I think it's the first time I've seen uh, a guy get uh, two of them on back-to-back nights. That's a unique skill and little, you know, feather in your college career hat. <laughs> Tanner the old, the old, trick the old honorary yep. Tanner Edwards award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I kind of agree with Joe. I think I think Saturday night, even though we lost, was a better game for us. We outshot them. Uh, I felt like we outplayed them for certain sections, but we just couldn't score on the power play. And every single time they had a chance, they took advantage of it. Friday night felt like we were back in the old, um, you know, sit in the back and play not to lose type of mentality rather than winning the game itself outright. We got the lead and held on to it, which is good to come out with the win, but I thought we were on our heels most of the game in that one. You know, we had two five-minute majors, and I don't think we scored on either one of those, did we? Uh, if I remember right, or maybe just one goal. If I remember uh, right, we scored four on four before was, the first five-minute actually became a power play. Yeah, that was, right. was Soretsky's goal, but I don't think Mosley's goal in the second was on a five-minute, was it? I don't know. Uh, so. No, it, it, must, it, it must have been, because the only Bowling Green uh penalty in the second was the five for charging so it had to have been uh on on the five so of the five majors we had i think one goal all weekend on three of them and that that's not a recipe to win two hockey games in a row and you know i i kind of agree with joe the other thing is holy crap were the face-offs bad on on friday night Mm -hmm. a a two-to-one ratio is not where you want to be uh, with your face-off wins, you know, they won yep. 40 face-offs to our 20. That's yep. that's harsh and is a problem we've had for, for quite a few years, right? Yep. And Blake had some ridiculous saves <laughs> on Friday yep. that kept us in, I think. So, you know, it, it's one of those cases of a goalie kind of going away with it. And 
shots 38 to 43. That's usually when it the shots are up that high, it's one team running the shots up. This feels like a Penn State game where there was no defense whatsoever from, from either side, right? And, and we both were getting a ton of shots. So it didn't feel like a normal tech game. It was kind of a, a strange one. We, we gave up a ton of shots and still felt like we were getting shelled, even though we got 38 shots of our own, right? So I don't know. They were, they were weird games this weekend. I was glad to come up with the win. Um, yeah. And then Saturday was just rough to watch. <laughs> Another thing to, to think about as the uh, boots on the ground there is I will – I will I will die on the hill that Bowling Green has the second best atmosphere in the league after Tech. Their building it, is just incredible to watch a game in when it's when they've got a bunch of people in there like they did on Saturday. It does Friday not sounded, take a look. Friday sounded weak, but even on the on the flow broadcast on Saturday, it was you could hear how loud it was in there. You guys do not remember how awesome Mankato's Ole 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 song is. <laughs> <laughs> I have, no, stuff that in the trash can. I never want to hear that. <laughs> I haven't been there for the old ladies. It's stupid and I hate it. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> nice for me because my girlfriend's family lives there. So I was able to stay Ohio? with them. Yeah. That's, <laughs> condolences? that's a good way to put it. But if if you if you go there. Your intent is just to spend time with family, have a couple beers, watch hockey, and not think about where you are too much. It's not that bad. Dustin can't be that upset. He he likes to do the OHIO chant because it's yeah, actually, off Michigan fans. Actually, I don't have much problem with Ohio. <laughs> it's just uh, growing up in kind of... growing up in the UP. I don't have the same Ohio hate that people from downstate do. The only fun fact: I've been to Ohio like three times, and I've never gotten outside of Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> wow because that's See, fun. Cause the, the second i got free time in cincinnati <laughs> when i ran that trip for the misfits the second i got free time as i got on that bridge when i walked my ass to kentucky i was <laughs> i was out of there hey, the, the, the best bar we found that weekend was in kentucky Yeager and i closed down a a a, a blue live bluegrass music bar that served sausages it oh, was like man. a german german themed sausage bar with bluegrass music it was I got, fantastic. I wish I had I got there. Dang. I got way too drunk on an Oktoberfest at the Hofbrau House across the river from Cincinnati. Isn't that and when you ended up with your black eye? Yeah. Tim Tim was my roommate at the time, and I flew back home, and he's like, what did you do to your face? And I was like, a huge scab down the side of my cheek. He must I, have tripped and fell and hit the I, curb. I tripped, and I, my face hit the sidewalk. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never been to Bowling Green. I've been to Finney's basketball yeah. arena, but I drove through we drove through Bowling Green on that trip, but didn't actually I've never been to, to Bowling Green so, itself. It's not that far. I'm about to say before we get too far off the rails, does anybody else have any thoughts? I well, mean what were your perceptions of the power play from what I saw on Friday night, other than Crespi needs to be more cognizant of the fact that if he loses the puck, it's a breakaway. I think it that did not feel like What's that? Is that a forward playing up on the blue line for the first time, right? Yeah. Just that's something you know, that he's not get. He used something. to having that line behind him of of, of defense, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, but he that's that's the point he needs to learn and I got a good I laugh out was... of Jay-Z wanting to like give up on the on the the whole that's thing right, and I'm like, yeah. "No, I think Crespi's honestly been pretty 
like it's kind of been a revelation for him to well, play. Defense. The other thing too about this series is Life was out. Who else was out? Thorn. Um, Thorn, right? So and they both traveled two, hoping to play. Right. You've got two guys that are have been pretty rock steady on the back line there for a year, year or two, right? That aren't playing. So yeah. You know, you're you're not <laughs> you don't really have a choice, you know. You're you're putting in folks that maybe not your your top choice for who to actually play there. So you know, all things considered, I think they did well. There, there's been a lot of nice movement on the power play, and there were several times there where it looked like something should have gone in, and it just didn't. You yeah. know. So, but I also, was... but I also felt like at the same time, like, uh, oh, I think it was in one of the Discord threads, I think, where somebody made a comment where somebody asked somebody who was at the games or watching for the first time that, like, does Tech always get so? Like they seem so much more aggressive five on five, but then when they were on the power play, they got very stationary. And I do think that happens sometimes where they get a little too comfortable in the spot they're supposed to be in instead of cycling and trying to create those mismatches that are supposed to come with being on a power play. Yeah, I feel like you got to have constant movement to make stuff happen on a power play, right? It- yep. Either the puck needs to be moving or you need to be moving with the puck or or they need to be moving without the puck or somebody needs to be moving without the puck. There, need, there, there Nothing happens unless there's some sort of movement. In. Yep, because you need to keep somebody needs to be constantly moving to be changing those passing lanes mm-hmm. to be creating that opportunity to get the, the the man advantage somewhere. And I don't like when it happens, it happens when it doesn't. It looks really bad. Sometimes, you know, one thing definitely missed is seeing you know, Helen and one time something on a quick pass across. We don't have somebody that's filling that one time role on the back side of the power play this year much at all. And we don't have yeah. the Ovechkin guy. I don't know. I, 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 I do hear what you're saying though to bring it back to reality. It, it was really nice to have that Helen and type player on the power play that you knew could create that. Kind yeah, of there, there's, there's been no there. one that's really taken control of the power play and been that go-to goal scorer guy right uh, yeah you know and to your point when you when you know that from watching tape that that's the guy that's gonna do it it opens up other people uh and it just doesn't seem like we've got somebody that has grabbed that role just yet right so maybe it uh, maybe it happens but it certainly hasn't yet no we've had five guys score on the power play which is a good thing in and of itself, right? You know, having yeah. having some variety in scoring isn't isn't something to to be mad about. But it would be nice to see, you know, that actual uh, go to person on on the power play that you're looking for, at least on one of the units. Uh, anything else about this weekend, guys? At least from the Tech Bowling Green perspective. Let's tighten up PK. special teams. The the PK was you know it, it's they they talked it up uh, quite a bit the the BG announcers and then Saturday it had a sad time <laughs> <laughs> went from what ninety seven percent to uh, what's it at now uh, less <laughs> less <laughs> <laughs> I have to look and see on the stats page here on uh, what are we at now yeah we went from. Went from like 96 or 97 to 87% with the three goals on Saturday night. Jeez. 
which is still you know nearly top 10 in the country in pk but it's nowhere near as good as it uh it was i'm pretty sure we were top in the country in pk going into saturday nights yeah so a bit rough there and you know not capitalizing on the five minute majors was just a huge letdown to see three of them called in the game uh and, and not and not get more results out of it it just that that hurts to watch yeah did, did augie has augie done his like expected goal stuff yet i'm sure Is he's he? in the midst of it he has not shared okay. anything with me just yet gotcha so uh the other thing that i noticed when i first pulled up the box score on saturday night was at first glance thinking well i guess neither goalie had a very good night but then realizing that rather quickly that one of the two goals allowed after Blake was pulled was actually the, the empty net goal. Cause Joe tried to, yep. to crazy Ivan or something and, and get a goal. I wasn't, well, I was all going. right with that. I'm not was saying it, it's yeah, a bad yeah, decision. If yeah. You're, yeah. you're behind. You take the chance. But... Isn't it a crazy Frank? Crazy Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting hard for red October and, and hockey mixed up, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> How did you know he was going to pull a goal? Oh, there was a 50-50 chance. <laughs> and I had to get your trust somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the bottom half of the hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, clearly uh, it didn't work, but I don't see a problem with it. You're down by three goals. What the heck else are you going to do, right? Well, it, well it is interesting something. because it goes back to that Last year was the first time in a while that we weren't crap with the goalie pulled. That's true. Right? It was refreshing. And now we're back to that. that. So hopefully, hey, had hopefully that gets better. Right? I know. Hopefully it gets better. One, one, one goal does not make a trend. <laughs> Two and, does. <laughs> and I don't know. You guys watched. I didn't. Was that a breakaway goal? Or was it a uh, uh, no, take it, the it shot because you can from the blue line? It was take a shot because you can't. I mean, shorthanded too, right? So yeah, who gives you can, a sh- you can try again and again and again and again. It doesn't matter. Yeah, know? I said that on um, when and Tech when tried when to score. There's no threat of icing. When Tech tried to score against uh, St. Lawrence on Saturday night, I made that comment to my friend sitting next yep. to me that like they did it yep. backwards. They didn't try and shoot on goal when there was like five seconds left in the penalty kill. And then they did after they were even strength, but shorthanded a man because they had the goalie pulled. Then they tried and they missed and then they had the icing. And I'm like, they did it backwards. They should have tried to score the first time they dumped it, not the second one. Yep. So, Yeah, that's always one of those things where, you know, when you're when you're doing that on the penalty kill, I get why you're getting the extra person out there. It makes sense. But when... There's no threat of icing and just winging the puck down the ice doesn't matter on a clearance because yep. it doesn't matter. Either you way, know, you get it out of the zone or you score. You're yeah, not going wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's one of those interesting little rules nuances that makes that a, a very risky maneuver. But again, you're down three goals. What else are you going to do? You know, you kind of got to go for it. So I I have see no fault for that. It was just frustrating how how many penalties there were. It felt like a really disjointed game uh, for quite a bit there Yeah, uh, it, on Saturday. It didn't have a good flow to it. It was rough uh, pacing-wise to watch. And that face-off violation penalty, I hate that penalty so much. I do not like the change to that over kicking them out 
I would much I rather the kick agree. him out. <laughs> but it's, it's so dumb to be it's a two-minute penalty. No, it's... But the rule has always been you violate yeah. twice, you get a penalty. Sure, but it never happened. No, but that you, doesn't mean... But, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying the rule isn't new, is not new. It, the way it's being enforced this year... Or last, last couple year. of years, it did, rather. It did it last. Yeah, it Disney. started last year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It yeah. used to be you kick the center out. The other guy didn't do anything wrong ever. Right. <laughs> the second yeah. guy in never committed something. I get it speeds up the pacing a bit because you don't have that you know stupid little mini argument of what did you wrong? What did you leave? Well, and it also doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't remove your quote unquote preferred faceoff guy either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get the ch- why he, the change is there. It just feels harsh when it gets called. Yeah, no, I I get that, but I was just trying to make the point that the penalty's always been there. Yep, it oh, just yeah. was mm-hmm. never called. You're right about that. Yeah, I, I honestly until last year I don't remember ever seeing it called. And I will admit no. that that is one of the few rules that I do not understand when you make when you are committing a penalty and when you are not. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what he did wrong one time and what he didn't do wrong the next time or what he did wrong, but the other guy didn't like, I don't understand that rule at all. And what is and is not a violation. I, I don't know that rule. I'll fully admit that I don't understand that one. Yeah. That is one I would have to read on to, but I, I don't know. It could what, be worse, uh, Tim. You could be the number one college hockey pundit in the nation and admit full stop to everybody that you don't understand the pairwise. Well, that was a great segue to the next thing on my bullet point list. What, what did he actually say? What what was said? He, he so CCHN posted like the top five of pairwise right now, and and then, and then a link to and, the rest of the pairwise, and a link to the rest, and then Bucci basically quote tweeted it and said, "This makes no sense. Like those teams shouldn't be the top five. And then he literally said at the end, he said, "This doesn't add up." And I, I like my brain short circuited. I'm like, "What do you mean it doesn't add up? The pairwise is a mathematical equation." <laughs> and as the as the like most followed college hockey personality out there who gets ke- checks cut from ESPN, why is our volunteer run passion project? dunking on you with this information that makes no sense well to be fair we're engineers and at least one of us made a pairwise calculator so like the fact that we understand it because we care about college hockey more than selling hats and one week at the end of the year for the regionals on the frozen floor like we care the whole time because we care whether or not our team gets in and understanding it and a lot of the dunking, a lot of it this last, like since he did that, has also been about. He basically it it happened today. Yeah, right? it was yeah. like yeah, it was today. Um, and then the other thing about it is, a lot of the reactions to Butchergrass complaining have been like the pairwise in November doesn't matter, and then I'm. And C- CHN actually came to the defense and basically was like, actually, like, it's it's a relatively decent indicator starting about now. And, like, and mm-hmm. I proved it. Like, I pulled out. And they said, like, they showed last year's pairwise as of today. And then I went one step further and pulled up my spreadsheet that I made last year of, I took the pairwise every Monday last year to show that, like, as long as you don't fall apart, if you're there, you're going to stay there. 
If you keep winning at the same clip consistently, you're going to stay where you were. That's the whole point. And really, the only way you crater is if you have a bad non-conference weekend or just have a really crappy weekend against the wrong opponent. Otherwise, you're going to stay there. And that's what Tech did. That uh, What was it? Half of the teams in the top 20 a year ago today made the tournament. It was like 13, I believe, was the number, something like that. It was half of the top 20 made the tournament. Oh, yeah. And basically, um, everybody in the top 14, or 14 of the teams in the top 15 last year, for the entire month of December, made the tournament. Maybe he's just dumbfounded that the pairwise is what's actually used to determine those teams, and it's not a stupid poll. That means nothing every week. Yeah. I mean, there is a point that pairwise is flawed. Yes, absolutely. He wouldn't be able to tell you why it's flawed. <laughs> yeah. No, and honestly, believe, like who, what was the now isn't necessarily the point that years it ago is that flawed. Literally played. They played so little non-conference that they were ranked super high in the women's pairwise. Um, I remember who it was. But it was a couple of years ago. Okay, I don't know. It basically broke pairwise because they didn't play anybody else, which is the scenario where pairwise breaks. And yeah. the, the first year of COVID, pairwise was really wonky because of that too. We wasn't enough non-conference to give it a good uh, a good read on things, right? So, but if you, know, you look that's... at the but if you look at the current pairwise, about the only thing that I could possibly conceivably say is like confusing. And bad, where is it here? There was one team I thought that was still... Oh, it's Harvard. Tech, Harvard's tech. the only one that doesn't... Huh? I was just going to say, Tech's in the top 20 right now, and I don't think we're going to finish in the top 20. We're not. We're probably not, but we deserve to be top 20 right now, don't we? Well, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's because non-conference for you, right? Because, right? Of, yeah, because the formula says that we do. But yeah, we're not going to win yeah. 60% of our games the rest of the year. I don't see that happening. I wouldn't rule it out, but I, I wouldn't be very confident on it. Yeah, I would guess Finally. 60% might be pretty close to what, what we'd win the rest of the year. We talked last week about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and we got that this weekend. So we got I, both, I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen long-term this, this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm done making predictions about this team. We're gonna have a long segment later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I do think there's a lot of misconceptions about pairwise. One of them being that it's not useful till January. Well, that's not true. Um, because most of the non-conference games have already happened. Right. They the not it gives a really good feel for where things are gonna lay out once that initial spate of non-conference gets done. And then once the holiday season non-conference is over with, it, it's pretty solid. I mean, we did the math on that a few years ago, right? Well, with wherever it is in the one thing December, is, is like that... 90% of teams stay in their, stay in the tournament if they're in the ranks at, at December. Yep. A lot of it, a lot of the, a lot of the questions now are like, the things that can screw it up that couldn't in the past are things like the Big Ten has an odd number of teams, so they're playing non-conference all throughout yep. against those independents. 
and there's more independence now so there's more opportunity for more non-conference games later in the season especially for the big 10 and that type of thing and then the other thing that was pointed out today too is there's a lot less holiday tournaments than there used to be so a lot more non-conference games are happening before thanksgiving and really like yeah once once after thanksgiving you basically have a 75% 75% shot of making the tournament if you're top 15. What the biggest thing is, is you have to keep playing to the level that you've been playing at. If you're winning, you know, 70% of the games, you better win half your games once you're all not all conference play the rest of the way, if not 60-70%, depending on the kind of conference you're in. Uh, but... I mean, you can look at the numbers going back. I know CH or C- CHN has done some analysis of this and said kind of the same thing. You know, you like every month it's going to go up like seven percent, but in December, if you're top top ten, you're you're seventy some percent to make the team, make the tournament. So you just keep going and and you'll make the tournament. You know, you saw that with Tech last year. A lot of people didn't think they would, and they just kept chugging along winning enough games never getting swept really and uh, especially from a pairwise perspective we fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you you can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide whether you're interested in question priority access to patron only zoom chats with coaches and players instat deep dives extended versions of the podcast unedited video or audio early access or commercial free listening there's a level for you we also now have 15 percent discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from two to fifty dollars per month again sign up at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. The other hockey news bullet that I kind of wanted to touch on today uh, was the Mitchell Miller saga. A lot came out this weekend that he, or, well, sometime last week, that he had signed with the Bruins. He's an all-new, all-new human. All-new human. Born again. (laughs) Oh, man. That is just... (laughs) Such a crap because I think where a lot of people, I think their heart is in the right place when they try to go to bat for him because they they see they kind of have bought his take that this was a isolated incident when he was 14 and he made a mistake. Which yeah, those people been, need to take a look at the actual story and see what that kid actually did. It's yes. not an isolated incident, it's a year and long, it is a yes. year long, non apologetic, uh no remorse for what he did scenario of awful, horrible person. He deserves what he's getting. It was a lifetime of borderline hate crimes. He did to Mm -hmm. this. He did to this intellectually disabled person. Yes, it is horrible. Mm. And I would be more, I would be more soft on him and more willing to give him a second chance. If he was even willing to look at this kid in the eyes 
and say, I'm sorry with an ounce of remorse. Like, and until he can do that, yeah. he doesn't deserve to play pro hockey. Every indication we've ever gotten from the family is that all he is is afraid that he got caught. Yep. Yeah. He has it's... zero regret for the shit he did to that kid. All he's upset about is that he got caught and it ruined his hockey career. Yeah. And he could remember... give two shits about going back in time and not doing that stuff. Yeah. And that's the problem I have. I don't care who his agent is until the family tells me that they feel like he's actually remorseful and actually has changed and is some born again and feels actual regret for what he did from the perspective of it hurt a person and a family for what he did. He doesn't deserve to play hockey at a professional level. He just doesn't. He doesn't deserve to play it at college. Adam Wooden is completely wrong. That kid does not belong in college hockey either. Like I don't care how good because you that are. kid, yeah. that kid has no remorse. So he's not going to view this as like the second chance he deserves properly. He's going to think he got away with it. And he can continue to get away with it. And that's always been a problem with sports. And I'm happy to see universities stand up and say no to coaches that wanted to bring this kid in. And that that the Bruins ultimately had to cut this kid already, which is crazy. Like, I really didn't think that would happen. As an organizational decision, that was questionable to give this as well, because the Bruins have been tearing it up. And they're, they've been known to have one of the, like, better, more supportive, I, more it, inclusive locker Room it it sounds the NHL, like the locker like, room basically revolted against the front office here, too. As, as, as close to you will see in the NHL, it was pretty much that. It was a lot of – they like they were very diplomatic in the way they spoke to the media, and that's just kind of a hockey player thing to do, I do suppose. But I'll, I'll it was disagree. as close to a full-on re- – okay, we'll get there in a second. But it was as close to a full-on revolt against this signing that I've ever seen. And to kind of uh, – Go to where Tim was a second ago. I, it's important to remember that his first step in recourse when all of this surfaced, when he was about to go to the University of North Dakota, wasn't to apologize to the kid and try to atone for the actions and nip that in the bud. It was to give a statement to the other NHL teams. And it's just essentially trying. It looked horrible. It was just trying to cover his ass because he got caught. It was like any like any amount of further reading into this just shows you that this kid has been given ample opportunity to atone for the sins that he did when he was a kid. Because we all, like, I said it on Twitter, like, we all did awful stuff in middle and high school that we regret. A lot of it wasn't to that degree, but I understand how people are like, let's give him a second chance. But when you get into it and how this was, as I said, like, pretty much a lifetime of borderline hate crimes towards this intellectually disabled individual, it was, it's horrible. You know, it, he doesn't deserve to play until he's proves that he's not like quite literally a psychopath. Yeah, Dustin. yeah it's, it's, it's... So I, I disagree with one part, and that is that he he doesn't deserve to play hockey because I think if he wants to play hockey, he has plenty of opportunity to go play in the KHL and spend <laughs> the next fifteen years in Russia. No, that's true. I, I, if he wants to go over to Europe, I know 
Matt seemed a little confused, but I'm like, no, there's probably plenty of teams where he would be welcomed for his racism and other issues in Europe. Um, yeah, if he wants to go over there, that's fine. I think that might be his I'm only mostly, choice. Because I mostly follow the DEL, and it's a little bit more progressive there. I mean, it's not; it's still obviously got its flaws, but it's there's not as much problems as there are elsewhere, like in the soccer community in Europe, which is can be really horrible in a hurry if you look into it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm also yeah. tired of people whining about this being like cancel culture when it's literally just the consequences of the kids' actions. I think that's what it's literally... not cancel culture when yes. you uh, you've been a horrible person and it's the chickens are coming home to roost. And that's as far as I'll go on the social commentary. <laughs> For me, it's, it's not it's... even that he was given every chance to try to just say I'm sorry <laughs> with with an ounce of remorse because like. This isn't a like. There's no moral gray area as to what he did. It was because isn't there? There's another player that another person that participated in this, right? And did properly apologize, and the family is okay and moved on from that person. Correct? Yeah, I believe there were two of there were two of them that uh, were found guilty of it. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, the other one has properly apologized and is remorseful or from the family's perspective appears remorseful which is great but this kid hasn't done that and that's just that's the end of it like until i get the sense that uh that that family feels that there's been an understanding reached and and some emotional restitution paid it's not happening for me and again, it's not like this family has been unreasonable. Even in that father's note that you put into the Discord, he made it sound pretty much like if you're willing to finally like man up and apologize for this horrible thing you did, the door's open. We're looking for you. Like I don't it doesn't sound like you're being unreasonable in this at all. Like Yeah. But yeah, until that happens, I see no reason to take a second chance at him. He deserves what's what's getting what's coming. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough on that. Uh, you guys want to talk about the Joe show today? Get into that. That's a good good spot to go. Yeah, and I just want to say I, I don't think anybody should be forced to drink gas station coffee. <laughs> that is Regardless a great segue from says. the last uh, saga that we just talked about. Um, I'm going on a slightly less tinge rant than before we started recording. <laughs> about the whole gas station coffee versus wearing your Levi's and straightening your teeth. Joe, if I'm if I'm working and I've made my money, it's my choice of what to spend it on. And I'm gonna buy my fancy coffees because they're delicious. It's that's my can, choice. I've made my get, money by hauling my lunch pail. Hey, it's fine. Hey, here's Stop here's another here's another here's another <laughs> ice cold take for you, Rob. It's right up there with last week's. I don't like coffee. <laughs> oh, you're broken, Tim. They don't. I don't do caffeine, dude. No, we're uh, we're a tea primarily household, anyways. My wife doesn't like coffee either, so <laughs> I don't. No, I don't usually. I can't drink, stand uh, tea. Oh, we drink a lot of tea no. here, and you know what? It's fancy tea that we've ordered from overseas because you know what? It's fine. I can buy it. I want to. <laughs> what kind? Uh it's uh, a bunch of it is from actually a. Uh, and a Houghton High School alumni who has his own company, hmm. importing tea. 
Okay. I used to I used to drink some English breakfast tea. And uh, of course, you know, being a Star Trek fan, I had to try Earl Grey. It's actually Earl Grey good. is disgusting. No, I hate Earl Grey. Oh, no. man, that whatever that extra flavor is there that makes it Earl Grey, the oh, I can't think of what it is. There's some flavoring, but that stuff, I think, just I think some roast. rich, I think some somebody just uh dips her balls in it a little bit to give it I'm that trying to think what. What the Mr. To Mr. Earl Bigelow Grey dips is. his balls in the in the Earl Grey. Got it. So since when is are Levi's a? That, a he, Joe was saying. Joe was saying it was like uh, when he was growing up. Levi's were what all the kids with money had, basically, right? The rest oh. of us had our crappy knockoff brands and snaggled teeth because you couldn't afford the dentist or or a real pair of jeans. Okay, it was like having a Schwinn bike. When, when, you know, growing up rather than a Huffy. No, I had a to, Huffy, so. <laughs> to, to, put it into, to put it into our age group, Tim. But I feel like, like I had Levi's. Instead of a Huffy. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, I think Levi's came to, were a little more normalized, I guess. At that I mean, point. Levi's, are, Levi's are quality jeans. Yeah, they not last. Expensive. Well, that's what Joe's talking about, basically, is that Levi's were the fancy ones. And, you know, and that uh, uh, that's what he was looking for. You can get Levi's. You get a pair of Levi's at Fleet Farm for like twenty bucks. They're not expensive. Yeah, no, they've definitely changed. Again, that's that perception, right? I don't know yeah. what the appropriate thing now would be. I'm not, I'm not. A, I don't know. <laughs> what else do we want to talk about from the Joe Show? I also appreciated the fact that uh, Dirk is a hockey beast. Apparently, at least yeah. on the way home. <laughs> no, it sounds like he's. Openings. It sounds like he's the kind of player that I was. He <laughs> because. I used to be the guy that would sit in front of the net and piss off the goalie, and he said that he never had to move his stick forward on any of his goals. So it sounds like he's got some studs that he plays with, and he likes to sit in front <laughs> of the net. So that's that's how I played. Love you, Dirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I definitely had a good laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, I well, like how that's what Joe. That's how Joe wanted to start the show off with. <laughs> the hell with uh, Saturday's game. We don't even talk about that yet. Let's talk, Let's about, talk about dirt. Dirt, 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 dirt it up, yeah. back. <laughs> The highlight of the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that too. I thought that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about his perception of the weekend already. Um, like I'm trying to think what else we really need to touch on besides the the Levi's and lattes comment. I well, thought we can we can jump to recruiting here. No, I, 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 I just want Dustin's got uh, something else. On the yeah. Joe show, I, I just to comment on the Joe show, I really appreciated the uh, the comments from Jamie and how him and Joe manage their relationship as Jamie being the goalie coach and uh, Joe being a, a former goalie. I thought that was a lot of you know insightful comments and I thought it was fun to hear. No, that I actually kind of forgot about that part till you said yeah, something. That was a really was good, good comment and discussion about. Well, I like about I how like Jamie tries talk- to recap the games and and analyze things, even when he's uh, in Houghton and stuck there. Yeah, and then he's got the appropriate angles to actually do it properly while he's watching the game remote. You know those those things mm-hmm. are really good to hear. I also liked his comment about. I know I can't do this myself anymore, so this is the best way for me. You know, to kind of basically stay active at a high level is to help and coach, right? He he knows he's not playing college hockey anymore himself. I right? also, so what yeah. better way 
what better way to keep up with it than, you know, coaching the guy that's breaking your own record, you know, that's kind yeah. of a cool way to do it. I thought, I thought it was also really interesting that he thinks, and Joe seemed to agree with him that we are at the pinnacle of goaltending. Goaltending is never going to be better than it is now. There's no, some, no future innovation that is going to make goalies better than they are right now. Well, you know, there's some stand-up guy with I don't know if I believe saying the same crap 50 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, those I, guys I don't, on their knees, I don't know no, if I believe never it, get to but... that. <laughs> right. I don't know. I kind of. I, I mean, I kind of do. Right. I mean, what? Without, without a drastic rule change, I think you're. I think he's right. And even yeah. and and even. And even with a rule change, more than likely any rule change results in that being the pinnacle, and now it's back down somewhere, and it needs to get back to it. Because uh-huh. most likely the goal, the rule change is going to be about making something smaller to make their more available uh, net when you got a goalie in the way. Um, I think he's right, honestly. Uh, the other thing that I liked was him talking about how much he's especially since he can't travel how much he's emphasizing the goalies learning to self teach and self evaluate so that they because they're not always going to have a goalie coach there and they need to they need to be able to analyze the situation to figure out why this puck went in what what did what was their mistake in the last 5 seconds that led to this opportunity from their perspective uh-huh. and and how important that is. And, and you've heard Joe talk about that on the show a couple of different times where he talks about how Blake will, how Joe will compliment somebody on some score during practice and Blake will skate by and say, that wasn't a good goal. That was a bad save on my part. Like, and that's part of that self-evaluation of why did this happen? Did I make a mistake? Where was my mistake? Was it, you know, was it the position I took? Was it the glove? My glove was too low, whatever. Like figuring that stuff out on your own is a big deal. Um, And being able to evaluate yourself in a reasonable amount of time to understand what you did wrong so that you can work on yourself is a huge deal with goaltenders. And and it gives them an opportunity to move on in the moment too of knowing what you did and how to fix it kind of thing. I thought that was a really good take too. It really gave me the the impression that Jamie is a hell of a goalie coach. It, oh yeah, it, he if, really seemed to know what he was talking about and made a lot of sense. And seems like he's really good at what he's doing. Yeah, if Matt was still here, he would probably say something too. But if you, I also like the fact that he commented on that. You know, Blake it, and the, the flexibility of Max coming in compared to Blake, and just from a fitness perspective. The guy that's got, you know, the shutout record or whatever may not be the most fit, if you will, goalie of the pair. That bodes yeah. well for the future. You have to be more flexible and more fit when you're making up for size, though. Sure. I think that's sure. just a given, right? If, you, if you're bigger and you block more of it, you don't need to be as flexible. But isn't Max bigger? I don't bigger? know. Maybe that's not true. I, mean, if you're, if I, thought, you're bigger, I thought they said that Blake was bigger. No, I, I don't think remember. Blake's smaller. But if, if yeah. you're not flexible and you're big, can you you know get your big parts in the way? Or are you are you? Why did I have the impression that can move? I don't know. Why did I'm I have the impression coach. that Blake was the bigger <laughs> of the two? Yes. I also like the comment that Blake is the better forward of the two of them. He just played goalie better. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. so Blake is six that foot one seventy five. 
Max is 6'2", 192. Hmm, okay. Well, and the comment in the show made it sound like one was a lot bigger than the other, but they're not, not that different. No. But it does. The other thing that we can. Is there anything else you want to talk about the Joe show? I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I think so. For no, me. So basically, the good. other thing that that can pivot into is the fact that Max. All indications are that we hit a couple. At least doubles with our other two fins that are healthy right now. We've got a third fin who's injured and hope to be back around the GLI, I think is the, the indication we got from Jay-Z not that long ago. And then we just got a commitment from another, uh, another player from fin- playing in Finland, actually Slovenian named uh, Max Persik. That makes four kids from Finland now are playing that played in Finland the year before they came to tech. Uh, Max is playing over there right now for Dustin. You want to say the team's name? Oh, I gotta find it again. <laughs> Is it Kiko Espo? How do you say the Espo? Espo, I think. Espo? I don't. Don't quote me. I don't know. Okay. Anything about yeah, I, th- I think. It, I think it's Espo. I would call. So, I would say Espo. Kiko Espo is where he's currently playing. He's an 4 tied for third on the team amongst defensemen and points. There's really only one guy that's, I think, way above him. The other guy's re- like one point better, I think. Um, six foot two defenseman. Um, we've got three other defensemen other already committed. Um, uh, Chase Pietela, we all recognize that name. Uh, Tyler Miller, who's up in playing in Alberta, and Cam Moger playing in BC. None of the guys, I mean, I sent you guys all the stats, but pretty much nobody is. Jumping off the page, kicking butt so far this year, I'd say. Um, we've got three, six, seven, eight forwards committed. Uh, we've got Charles Edward Tardif, Reed Davidella, Davitella, I believe. Davitella. Davitella. I'm never gonna get yeah, that one right. Davitella. Uh, writer matter. Quinn Disher, Ethan Decay, Brandon Hilton, Skogan Schrock, and Logan Morell. Um, Logan's a pretty recent commit, but it sounds like he's got some time left in juniors, but he's also one of the older recruits that we've got committed right now. Cam Moger's the oldest. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know what to think of our class. It's nice to see some variety. We've got um we've got two players who are currently playing in the USHL, two more who were drafted by USHL and possibly will spend some time there this year. Um we'll see how much time Brandon Hilton and Skogan Schrock actually spend in the USHL. They're both 05s. So you know, you're talking 17, 18 year olds right now. Um, two of the younger recruits, along with uh, Davitella, who's playing in the USA or in the NHL here, Dustin. Maybe we should go watch him play sometime. He's playing for the Magicians, or not the Magicians. He's playing for Wilderness, so never mind. There is no NHL team nearby anymore. No, oh, it's in Eagle River or something now. Yeah, they moved to Eagle River now. 
Yeah, I, the one thing I do notice is there's a lot of height from uh like pretty much everybody's what the shortest dude's five nine and he's the youngest player committed. Our two newest recruits are six one uh six two and six three. Um, we got another six two four six foot guys, six foot one five eleven couple five tens, but they've all got some size. Um, Tardif was somebody that I thought might come in this year. He got held back one more year, so that's his, I think this is his last year of juniors before he has to come in. So, and he's putting up the best numbers, I guess, of of anybody other. Well, I guess uh, Disher's up there too. Him and Disher are basically the the two best performing forwards so far with um. 10 points in 14 games for Tardif with, with or Tardif with four goals. And then uh, Disher's got four goals in 12 points in 16 games. And they're both playing in BC, which is a high scoring league. I did see that uh, the one that the thing that interested me the most from what I saw when I was looking this stuff up today was that Tardif plays for Nanaimo and his teammate, is like fifth in scoring in the league and isn't committed to anybody and isn't that old. Like not, he's not like an overage kid. I think it was Kai Daniels with two L's in the last name or Daniel. I can't remember now, but it might be interesting to see if tech could, could uh, pull somebody like a teammate like that, maybe. Um, but I guess what are your guys' overall impressions of the recruits we've got committed so far? I would say I'm not very, I'm not blown away. I think I think there's some definite potential, uh, but there's no, you know, I, I don't see any like real big scorer. There's no like. There's no Kyle Kukin, and be, yeah. right? Yeah, that's going to come in and be a good, like, like a scorer right off the bat. You know, Pietala is going to be the best player on that list, I would imagine. Uh, it's hard to tell, but he's got to be the highest rated recruit. I would think so, and then I, I, I'm going to be very intrigued to see. I'm going to take my, Max Persich out of there because I think. If he's anything like the other kids we've gotten out of Finland recently, it's he's he's got a great shot to be impactful. Um, uh, but I do think I like the commitments of, of Brandon Hilton and Skogenschrock. They both skated in like U seventeen camps. I don't think they're. Uh, like I don't think either of them. I mean, you can see by their stats that they're not likely to, based on their their production at their age. But like they both have the opportunity to be, um, like they they are they are certainly respected uh, recruits for their age group. But they're it's so hard to tell. Um, how good they are, but the fact that they're making like U.S. select camps and stuff like that's a good sign that we're getting kids like that. And neither of them are from, like I think one of them, Shrock, is from a new state. I think he's from Arizona. Somebody was from Arizona, or is it Morel that's from Arizona? 
Uh, Schrock's from Florida. Hilton's from Rochester Hills, but plays in, was playing out in New Jersey. Um, so there's some, like, it feels like there, some of what's there is guys who committed, um, like Tardif and Pietala are the old, the longest committed. And then you've got Ryder Matter, um, in September last year, Davitella last August, Tyler Miller last December, and then the rest of them are all this year. So it's not a lot of, um, how do I put this? Most of these guys committed to Tyler Shalast is my guess. A lot of them. And, uh, so that's a good sign. And then you've got the last couple here. Who knows? How much of that's Jordy Murray's influence now? I'm not sure what what the guys saw in him. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they went to one of the two games if he didn't get both points in the same game, uh, games that he got a point and and saw something in him, and that's great. Um, but yeah, I don't know uh, what it is. I mean, he put up a point per game in 16U for Phoenix Junior Coyotes, but that's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, It'll be, some of it too is, you know, according to this, he kind of lost a year with COVID, which a lot of kids did. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what comes of it, if he can find his place with Omaha and actually, you know, get in the lineup regularly and produce to some respect. But, I mean, USA, Elite Prospects does this nice thing where it projects points, and it's basically saying he's supposed to get 14 points in 58 games this year. Like, I don't I don't know what kind of role he's recruited for. I don't know how much dollars he's expected to get on a scholarship. But, it, like, I wouldn't be expecting much out of him if, if he doesn't produce more than that in the USHL this year. Yeah, and I think it also kind of goes back to what Dustin was saying. I think he gave a pretty good um, overall impression of our current recruits. Nothing super spectacular. Nothing that's super concerning right away. I, I'd like to see us get to a point where we're able to make a splash and get a kid or two that either has been drafted or has a potential to get drafted in the NHL. Perhaps that's a pipe dream in our current situation, but it would be cool to be like genuinely excited about a particular kid we get instead of saying like, okay, that kind of fills a role that that we have. I, mean, I could see him fit. We had Kukin in. Kukin is a different, obviously, connection. But yeah, that's a whole deal. But so he fits that category. I mean, he was drafted. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it he, would be nice if we like, could have he looks one like or two of those kids. <laughs> yeah, that... he does. I have. Yeah, I've been very impressed with him so far, and it sounds like he's gonna. It seems like he's gonna ride out his tight career until it's no longer useful for him, and that's uh, hopefully a long while because I've really been enjoying him so far. I mean, and yeah. I, I think the flip side, I, I, I would say I'm a little bit worried about offense, but I think the defensemen that we have recruited and committed look pretty good. I'm, I'm not worried about defense. I think that's kind of a common theme 
right? <laughs> we never seem to really have too much of an issue with defense. And I think that does seem to be continue. what we've done for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's not the Jamie Russell area, era, you know, raging nose defense, but uh, <laughs> on the only focus. But uh, it definitely is one of those things where it is what we seem to focus on pretty hard. The I think the most interesting player, uh, especially from uh, uh, Jonathan Zameda's perspective right now, is Frank uh, Devorny uh, because he hasn't played yet. He's a freshman. He's a defenseman. Evan Orr has played, I think, three games now. I think. Is it up to three? Because he played Saturday. Um, like, uh, I personally think the the Crespi experiment is working better than I expected, and it should continue. But I understand the understanding of, like, we brought in frank for a reason why isn't he playing if we're that shorthanded on defense um and maybe joe would have done things differently if he had known that both Leip and thorn wouldn't be available at all this weekend um but beyond uh, bezik and devorney i've been pretty happy with with defensemen and how things have worked out on that side of the of the puck in general it continues to be the question of are we going to be able to get enough offense? And I don't see that from the recruiting class right now. Not that it can't develop, but I don't see it. I agree. And I'm honestly surprised that Joe hasn't, hasn't tried to pull somebody from Finland with all they've been doing and get a forward. I would, I would be surprised if he hasn't tried. That's true. There's no way that they went over there and were only looking for goalies and defensemen. Like, I'm sure they had their eye on several forwards, but the cards landed how they did. Yeah. And who knows how hard it is to how many of them are, you know, trying to go to college, whatever, uh, that kind of thing. Anything you guys want to talk about as far as like other CCHA action or perception of the league this year, anything like that? Or should we just get into kind of previewing the? The, the series with Lake State? Um, I just think the dogfight's continuing. It's kind of fun that, uh, I mean, we all know that Minnesota State's still Minnesota State, but they're looking beatable. We seem to be, like, really down on tech to start the year. I don't know if that's so much the case anymore. I'm still don't – my expectations are not as high as they were last year, but I'm no longer expecting them to be uh, more towards the basement. I'm kind of expecting them to be in the hunt for home ice mm-hmm. and uh, to kind of segue into the next part. Um, players can never look past games, but as a fan, I am, this might be famous last words. And as I say, but I'm kind of looking past this weekend. I feel like Lake state is a team that tech should be able to take care of. I don't think they haven't given me anything to be impressed about so far. And I'm going to go out and predict a sweep for them. And it's, I don't think it's going to be particularly interesting to watch or recap. (laughs) Which again, how, last how, how exactly blowouts, are you looking huh? past them two blowouts. to St. Thomas? I mean, fair wow. point. <laughs> I think I'm looking, looking past <laughs> this weekend. Looking past this weekend. Yes, yeah. I'm looking past point, this yeah. week. And I don't know if I'm necessarily looking past this weekend and toward shifting my personal focus towards St. Thomas, but No, you're you're shifting it towards America's team, the Detroit Red Wings. 
I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) 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 But but no, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. This is a nice little stretch to potentially put four wins on the board towards that trying to get to 60% win percentage the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Sure would. Sure would, because they're not likely to get them the weekend after that. I did predict that St. Thomas is going to take one from us this year, and I really hope it's not that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping to go to both those games. Those are going to be in uh, Medota Heights. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't like like Tim Rapley said. Like Lake State's kind of been the I would say has been. Obviously, I think it's pretty clearly Lake State has been the league disappointment thus far. Yeah, what are they like you one can. and six so far? Oh, oh, oh the blur's not working. Yeah, you got <laughs> there, it is, there have, it is, there it is. You I put got, it in front of your two, face. I got their own miracle books. or whatever. A miracle of Oh no, own. it just it just completely yeah, there we go. Yeah, he got the book. That's the yeah. whole point. They're both in here. Yeah, it doesn't work. Oh, oh yeah. there's will be <laughs> But yeah, with what Tim said, they've been the dud of the league so far. So far, they're one and six. They're as it stands behind St. Thomas in the league rankings. That's just and fifty eighth in the pairwise. You can't get much worse than the Lakers have been doing for real. What's who's their one win against Clark? Clarkson, which was well, a good at least win. It was non-conference. Yeah. yeah, it was non-conference, and it was a good win. To be fair, but and then their one tie was. Which one of them was actually a tie? I really wonder oh, what Tim was oh no. listening to to see what Damon had to sell that team up on. Because <laughs> I remember he was saying in his preview, and I and we've talked about this, he was like, this is a best goaltending tandem. This is like a 1A, 1B situation. And I was like, I see their goaltending situation as a 3A and 3B situation on some of these better teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think either of their goalies would play a game for Tech. You think either of those goalies would play a game for Minnesota State if they're not playing games for Tech? You think they're playing games for Bemidji? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. Bowling Green? Probably not Bowling Green either. They'd probably get a few games for Northern. (laughs) They'd probably get a few games for Northern. I imagine they'd probably get a few games for Ferris, but yeah, I don't see that. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're a one A one B situation. They're a two A two B situation at best. I, I mean, I it, it, I would just straight up say I would rather start Max over either one of them every game of the year for Tech. Yeah, I yeah I'll give you that all day. I've been impressed with what Max has had to say. That's not a knock on him at all, but I just and I think it's neat that Tim was able to walk back his opinion a little bit and say like they've. They they sold behind the preseason and they are not putting their money where their mouth is now. So definitely credit where it's due there. But it's kind of fun to do the I told you so dance right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Far from over, the, but yeah. It's not the first time that there's been a team in the preseason that kind of gets to be a little bit of a media darling in some circles and completely falls in their face. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Otherwise, I think we're long enough. Um, oh, I gave my, my prediction. How are everyone? How is everyone else doing about this weekend? All right. Yes. Rob, you want to make a prediction for the weekend? 
Oh, I started them off last weekend, but well, I think Matt already predicted. I already sweep. went. I already went. Said sweep, but it says yeah. not gonna be all that interesting. I hope it's a sweep as well, but I think it's a closer sweep than Matt's blowout prediction. I'll go with that. Dustin, I get to be in person, so I hope it's a sweep. I want to see. I want to see lots of goals. So maybe I, I guess do I'll say we'll be back home. I guess I'll say split then. I think I'll say split, and both games are fairly close. I'm gonna go with the tech sweep, uh, a one goal win and a two goal win. One minute remaining in the podcast. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting Patreon.com/slash Tech Hockey Guide. Patrons that are white level or above release, receive access to our uh, quarterly Zoom chats, which we're gonna have to try and get one of those here coming up. I think we're gonna try and do one Thanksgiving week. Um, since I will be off, my daughter will be gone uh, with her mother. So hopefully we'll, we can find somebody that we want to talk to to do one during that week. Do uh, it uh, before Saturday. <laughs> before Saturday? What do you mean? Yeah, because Saturday is when I leave. <laughs> no, I'll probably do it like Tuesday night. Yeah, that'd be perfect. I leave Sunday, so before Sunday. Okay. Yeah, Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving week is the week we we head out to Europe. So I don't know what we're gonna do if Mike can't be around to ask questions, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, patrons at the black level or, or above receive an extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the gold level or above receive access to unfiltered YouTube video of each podcast. We've got higher levels than that. If you want to give us more money, that's awesome. Follow us on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. I, I, I'm not prepared to sign up for some other website yet, even though uh, our fearless leader on Twitter is crazy and I don't know how long <laughs> it will last. Um, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know. And we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends and leave some ratings and reviews if you give us a five-star rating and leave a review dustin will read the review on the episode so come uh come on and do that guys we could do some more we could use some more here uh once again thanks to our sponsors fibke dental in rhinelander wisconsin and livonia technical services special thanks to mitch lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint doc mcresin for his generous donation to get this thing running we hope you enjoy Finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha